0: Um the commute. Week four, episode one. We could call this one I'm a little lost. Because I am a little lost. So I watched a couple movies yesterday. It had a double feature of Firefox and Devil's Knot. Devil's Knot is the What do you call it, movie? It's the the West Memphis Three movie. Um, it's it's a pretty heinous. Um, it's not it's not too terrible, like really in and of itself. It's not any good, um, but it's not too terrible. It's it's interesting because it's from Adam McGoyan. Adam McGoyan, of course. Was really the uh, he was really a critical darling in the '90s. I remember he got a lot of attention for the adjuster. Cisco and Ebert really liked hyping Adam Agoyan and. I saw The Sweet Hereafter, and I, I need to see it again. It's been, it's been quite a long time since I've seen it, but I remember it being, it being pretty awesome. And it also sort of introduced the world to Michael Dana, the composer. Well, maybe the piano did that, but I, I remember after Sweet Hereafter, a lot of people started using Michael Dana. So it's not like Adam McGoyan hasn't had a, an influence on film. Clearly something happened because there's no other excuse for something like, um, what are we talking about here, uh, Devil's Knot, that Adam McGoyan would be doing something like Devil's Knot other than uh, something happened to his career. It's a very desperate uh, Oscar bait type thing with a really bad, um, really poorly thought out script as for how you're going to deal with this, not just a, a true story, not just a true story, but a true story popular enough to have three documentaries. Three documentaries which... You know, directly contributed to the awareness of this case, and blah blah blah. The writers are just inept, which is no surprise. I, I I've been rolling my eyes at the career of Scott Derrickson for quite a while, and this this inability to to do this script is a uh, Isn't a surprise, and it's somewhat gratifying to see uh, to see him be as bad as as I assumed, or as inept as I assumed. Um, just because it doesn't it doesn't seem like he'd be a person I I like. Uh, his ideas are I don't know. Wow, I don't really care about Scott Derrickson, so it's interesting that I am this. His movies just look crappy. Uh, the whole genre of CGI uh, Christian exorcist knockoffs is it it. ...bothers me for... mm, See, it bothers me because they're propaganda. I guess I'd say. They're not even propaganda for... ...Christianity or for any religion. They're propaganda for... They're exercises in trying to uh, be persecuted. Uh, Scott Derrickson wants to be persecuted because it it gratifies him. Uh, Which isn't really the point of a movie. It's either to entertain or to... uh, Edify. I recorded a handful of retrospects yesterday and edited those down and I'm about to I'm about to twenty minutes in the in the first episode. It was very strange to have to go and record the uh, I had to go record the intro to the first episode so I could, I could get a sense of where to put in chapter breaks or markers. I haven't really done markers in a podcast since the brief period of the stop button podcast when... It, it became a, a weekly podcast instead of a, a blog. And it, it was kind of a trip down... No, it wasn't really a trip down memory lane. It's, it's not a... Well, it is a clunky process. GarageBand and iMovie and iPhoto... I've always been some of my least favorite Apple apps as far as the GUI. I think they're kind of ugly. Um, the skeuomorphism gets in the way of something actually working. I, I grew up on Premiere. Timeline editing in Premiere. Timeline editing makes sense, you know. Um, I, I don't even think Premiere does it the same way with when you would have two tracks and if you wanted to fade between tracks you, you drug the, the clip one place and you, you know had your adjoining transition or you, and the transition went in and the transition came out I don't even think they do that anymore. I think it's now all... something else. It's all... I don't like it. I'm a... curmudgeonly... old video editor. I've done some major projects in the... sort of iMovie pre... Two thousand eight. Whenever they revamped iMovie, I'd done it in the one before that. 2001, 2002 iMovie. I did some big projects in iMovie. And there were some frustrations, of course, uh, to it. But it was very intuitive. i never had an iMovie book. You know, I just sort of sat down and got Got working on it, and that that worked out. That's as opposed to the current iMovie, where I hate it. <laughs> um, but I've I've hated iMovie for quite a while now with the the way it uses the project drawer and all that nonsense of. yeah, it's it's overly complicated and not you don't really get anything for all that complication. On the flip side, as I recall the, the, the Photoshop or not Photoshop, Premiere Elements for Mac forces you to make a decision about, um, like, your project frame rate or something just to, to start a new project. So, it hasn't actually gone enough towards that sort of drop and drag i movie thing and to be fair i don't know if fair is the right word um to just to, to date myself even more excuse me at the period i was using these editors the most was a period where it was pre 16 by 9 there there was functionality for anamorphic uh, video, but it certainly wasn't. You certainly weren't worrying about HD. You certainly weren't worrying about 720p and all all those sorts of things. And the ease of use. frustrating. I guess I'm now thinking about this in terms of this, this video series called Dirty Old New York, aka Fun City, some guy did on Vimeo, where he cuts together a bunch of clips of from 70s and early 80s movies of New York City, and, you know, he runs them all together with some kind of music and and so on and so forth and it's about 30 minutes and I watched the first one the other night now there are five of them and I believe he's he's decided that he's done now and you know in theory I was going to watch them all actually this is a good thing to talk about there's nothing really to say about Firefox outside of what I already said in the response except it's really cool looking uh but the so he he's cutting together these these video clips and he's mixing aspect ratios and that bothers me because there's no If you watch a really good visual essay so that that whole Kubrick one point perspective visual essay that's out there there's an acknowledgement of how the aspect ratio works whereas this dirty old New York doesn't have any acknowledgement of it. It's It's all for the content as it relates to, um, it's ostensibly all for the content as how it relates to New York City. However, it's not. His, his editing is weak, and his transitions, to, to go back to modern um, video editors, for uh, sort of consumers, his transitions are atrocious. And there's a lack of feeling to how he's cutting it. Um, there's a lack of ambition. It's like the ambition is getting the clips together, not nothing else so and I'm wondering if I'm particularly sensitive to it because in high school and until um, sort of through my sophomore year of college so I I did uh, video editing in high school there was a TV production class, and there was, like, a TV studio for back in the 70s when there was, like, a public access channel at the high school, and it got me into, it got me into video editing, it got me into, um, I guess, what you would call fan edits before there was a internet, Um, so it really got me thinking about how... Edit already edited footage because you can't just approach it without you know figuring out some some methods to deal with the inopportune fade out or the inopportune fade and this guy's solution at least in part one of this series is to pause the frame and hold it and it appears to hold it through the entire transition it's a very uh it lacks any elegance And... This guy's a... A blogger... Um... And I... I wrote my response... And I voiced my lack of enthusiasm for his work... Uh... You, you watch it and it feels like... I don't really know how to describe it in um, just sort of film terms because the, the problem is is that he's not... He doesn't have someone... He doesn't have a a good producer he's producing it himself he doesn't have somebody to tell him you know which way is up or what to emphasize or what's working and what isn't it it raises a lot of possibilities um Except, and I think, you know, the thing jumps the shark, so to speak, when he edits a couple phone calls together, a couple shots of phone calls. He edits the audio. Uh, He overlays the audio from one into the other, uh, sort of creating this, this idea that these two people in different movies are talking to each other. And... At that point, he's no longer making a visual essay about 70s and 80s uh, New York as represented on film. He's no longer making uh, a visual essay about... um, about New York, uh, visually, Uh, about the the changing scenery of New York, about phone booths in New York, he's instead being really uh, cute and trite. And at one point, He's doing this Times Square section, like Times Square at night. What would be cool, of course, would be like Times Square during the day, Times Square at night, so on and so forth. And instead, he does Times Square at night, and sort of get loses track. Of, of what he's doing. But he keeps coming back to, to one club. And it raises this question of, wouldn't it be more interesting to see how this club were represented? And just the, tr- the transitions are very clunky. There's like this yellow cab section, which seems pretty cool. You know, it does seem pretty cool for a while. There's a bus section that seems pretty cool. Only... uh, It's not... It doesn't... I mean, the yellow cab section is where it's obvious this is not comprehensive. And... That it is an amateur effort, and that he doesn't really have any serious. Um, he's not really letting anything in this be too serious, which is the problem with the phones. Uh, it, it's a proj- It's a. It's a lengthy project can't even imagine how much time it took but it it lacks any ambition Uh, to some degree the use of the music figures into that as well um yeah it's very strange and there's like this one section where like Roy Scheider gets an emphasis for 35 45 seconds well Roy Scheider was in a lot more movies that take place in New York um, than he's pulling footage from. Uh, It seems very willy-nilly. How about that? Willy-nilly. It's very willy-nilly. And it's, it's 30 minutes long. And if something is 30 minutes long... He's got the phone section, he's got the taxi section, he's got the bus section, he's got the Times Square section. There's some, there's, I think it's the, is it the Brooklyn Bridge? He has a couple shots of the Brooklyn Bridge, only it's not, you just know it's not, uh, walking along the river. Um, sort of uh, the Manhattan poster. Only he doesn't have the Manhattan footage in there. It's just not comprehensive. It's, it's a bunch of ideas that should be expounded upon as opposed to a cohesive, cohesive work. What he really should do is he should make clip folders and iMovie and, and drag by, by uh, topic. Cause I think you can do that and I'm moving out. So But I, I recommended it. I gave it a recommended. Cause you know he's a film blogger. And Vimeo loves this guy. Everybody's writing about him and he's gone viral a little. And then, you know, I doesn't happen often and it's happened kind of twice this weekend I just kind of stopped myself and said you know what, no I don't actually recommend anyone spend 30 minutes of their life watching this I mean, maybe 3 minutes of your life on fast forward but even then, no because it's not uh, assembled right and the issue with this is that an issue with this not the issue another issue with this is short visual studies of new york city have been a thing in film since 1921 since manhatta and maybe even before that Manhattan is just the first one i've seen but there's a, a famous series from the late 70s that i started watching for the for the stop button and there's some from the 60s and so on. And these are... You know, it's a thing. This is a thing. He's uh, creating a... It's like a spoof of an actual thing without any acknowledgement of the, the, the genre of um, short film. I don't know. So... I I, I quickly amended it before it went to post to not recommend it Um, because yeah just no and now I I posted it yesterday morning so I guess I'm going to get away with it and not have to deal with nasty comments but who knows but the other time this weekend that came up was with Innocent Blood. And there's a whole. For me. There's a big, big thing about. If you've listened to Alan Smithy, any of our John Landis episodes. We, we even talk about how it's not like we're the biggest John Landis fans or even John Landis fans but you know he, he, he causes a, a rise in temper because of his glibness and it, you know his um, sort of insincerity and killing vic morrow and all those things and the kids but innocent blood is absolutely phenomenal i love it it reminds me it's a mix of into the night and little cat people and uh not really any american werewolf and i i I think it's a great film but it's just very uh difficult for me to acknowledge John Landis in that in that way of saying he makes great films. It's very strange. And then it's upsetting, too, because I would say that Into the Night and Innocent Blood are the two John Landis films that I would say are great. Off the top of my head, I, I would need to look at the list of John Landis movies and probably see two more of them, but I think those are the two that I safely would say are great. And it's just... It's it's very strange to me how someone who's... Well, he made the Blues Brothers. I hate the Blues Brothers. Um, so How someone whose films I who makes films I I actually passionately actively dislike um, and and would argue cause a dumbing down of culture also can make sublime um, pieces of masterful pieces it's just I don't think anybody else does that. I think John Landis is singular in that regard. It's, it's like he, he... He chooses... I don't know. Whatever. It it, it... it shows that I don't have... Just... There's no point in having insight in some ways. I guess that'd be how to say it. There's no point in having certain types of insight. So this has been a rambling commute. Um, possibly because I took such a weird route into work. But uh, thanks for listening and uh, talk to uh, this has been The Commute. And if I can get the phone unlocked and turned off, we'll be done.